This morning, again, as I talked to you a couple days ago, the message of the weekend would be uh, making choices. And the choices that you and I have to make, and some important choices that you and I have to make. And this morning, I want to simply preach on some big ifs. Now, if is a very small word, but in the word if, there's a lot of power in that word because that word constitutes some things that we need to take into account this morning. If is a conditional word. If implies that you and I have a choice to make. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. And if brings along with it a cause and effect. And this morning we're going to look through the gospel this morning and see what the Bible says and how the word if is used. And I think it will surprise you how many times and the significance what this word brings. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. The gospel being the good news. It is the greatest news. It is the greatest message that man's ever heard. There's nothing more joyous that I can give you this morning than to tell you that God loves you, that God sent his only begotten son, that he's created, that he's, that he's uh, committed the greatest act of love that the world has ever seen nor ever will see that if you have faith it will cast out the fear in your life this gospel of Jesus Christ that his only begotten son that he died on the cross because he loved you because he wanted to save you from your sin and Paul says here I preached it to you you've received it and wherein you stand wherein you stand firm and the gospel is the only place for us where we can stand firm. It's the only thing abiding. It's the only thing that lasts. It's the only thing that really matters in this life. He continues on, by which also ye are saved if. Now anytime we see the word saved or save or salvation, that's a word, that's a message that you and I need to pay attention to, doesn't it? I want to be saved. You want to be saved. And so here he tells us here, by which also ye are saved. By what? By the gospel ye are saved if, here comes the if, if you keep in memory that what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I am saved if I keep in memory. I am saved if I keep account of this gospel, this death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has power. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation. Unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm going to tell you what. When the Bible says that this is the power of God unto salvation, I want you to think about the magnitude of that. This is the God that when he spoke a word, the world was created. I'm going to tell you what. This is a God that has great power. That he spoke us into creation. That he spoke man into creation. That when, he, when, he, when, he, when his hand moves, the world shakes. When he reaches out his hand, sickness is healed. He has great power. And the power and the salvation of God, it comes from this gospel. It is powerful. And it comes from the most powerful one. 
So this morning when we think about the gospel, let's not think of it, let's not just think of it as an afterthought. This is the power of God unto salvation this morning. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, it's for everybody today. It's for you today. This power of God. I want to think about the origin of Jesus this morning. I want to take into account the one that paid the price the one that was crucified, the one that was buried, the one that has resurrected. We find Jesus in the very first uh, word of Scripture in the Bible. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Do you see Jesus there? Well, I don't see the name Jesus there. Well, we look closer, we see that word God, and if we get that word God translated back to the Hebrew, that word is Elohim. And that word is a particular word, and it means this. It means it has a plural intensive but a singular meaning. I want to explain what that means this morning. When I talk about the church, I could say the Church of Christ Wheeler area. I'm talking about one body, but yet many members in that one body. I'm talking about Sean and David and the rest of you. When we talk about the word Elohim, God, He's talking about one body there, but more than one member. We're talking about God the Father. We're talking about Christ the Son. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Trinity. So we could reread this and say, in the beginning was God, was Jesus the Son, was the Holy Spirit this morning. And that he created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 1, 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. We see the plurality that our Savior was there from the beginning. He made the world. After our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Jesus Christ was there. Jesus Christ has given you authority. He said, I'm going to love you so much. I'm going to make you in my image. And all these other things that you see on this earth, you're going to have dominion over these things because you're special. Jesus Christ didn't come and die for the cattle of the field, for the birds of the air, for the fish of the sea. But he came and died for you, his special creation that was made in his image. That's you, brethren. In John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know how the other night we took uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, replace, replace the word charity with God and how that fit. We can do the same thing if we take out the word and put in Jesus right here. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was Elohim. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the light was the light of men, and Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's him. That's him. This Jesus, he is forever and ever. He's been around forever and ever. 
I'm going to tell you this morning, we serve an everlasting God. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. If you, we, we have a hard time with that. We have a hard time wrapping our, our minds around the eternal. But, you know, I learned in school that uh, if you take a dot and you draw a line from that dot and you put another dot, that is a finite amount of, of whatever, time or, or money or numbers or whatever it is. But this God that you and I serve, he's from everlasting to everlasting. I also learned in school that when you draw a line, you put an ira on one end of it and an ira on the other end of it. That means they just keep going out from infinity this way and infinity this way. And that's who God is. He goes on out this way with no end. He goes out this way with no end. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He was here before the mountains were formed. Isaiah 40 and 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. My God doesn't get weary. He doesn't get tired. It's never too much for him. You know, when we pray and we all pray, the whole world prays, his inbox never gets full. He's never weary. There's not too much to be done. There's not too many souls where he, say, he, he, he gets faint and he fails for lack of endurance, our God. There's no searching his understanding. There's no way to comprehend the, the depth in the mind of God. He is greater. He is the greatest. He is holy, holy, holy. He is holy, he is holier, and he is the holiest, and his train fills the temple. This is our God. He is an everlasting God. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. You know why he stretched out the heavens? Because he wanted to. That was his choice. Because he has the power to do so. You know why he made the world? Because he has the power to do so. You know, he established the world by his wisdom, not by your mind understanding, but by his great wisdom, his unsearchable wisdom. He's created this world. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. Can you make it rain? Can you take a drought and, and can you cry out to the clouds and say, rain! And, and water precipitation fall down? Absolutely not. But you know, my God can. He can call on it. It can be so. And he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He, makings, he, make, he maketh lightnings with rain and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. You know, I mean, y'all know better than we do the awesome power of a storm that blows through and what kind of destruction that can bring in the power of something like a tornado or a, or a straight-line wind, what kind of power that is. My God has that power. My God can make that happen. He makes the lightning come down. He makes the storms. He makes the wind blow through. That's the, the type of power that he holds in his hand. And this is the God that we will stand before.
This is the type of power that the Father has. 1 Timothy 1.17, now unto the king eternal, now to the king immortal, now to the king invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. Our God, he is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's immortal. God shall never die. God has always lived. God will always live. And through him, there's no other source but him that you and I can have life. Whether on this earth or the life to come, he is the life giver. He is the immortal God. And he is the invisible God. And we can't see and we can't fathom the type of power that our God has. We only get to see a glimpse of it while we're here on this earth. Let's talk about some ifs this morning. You know, as a child, you learn to, to obey your parents. And if you don't obey your parents, there are consequences for not obeying, for not listening to your parents. John chapter 15, he says, if, now remember, if means you have a choice. And if says when you make that choice, there's going to be a cause and effect. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. If you abide in me. If you don't abide in me, we won't come in. You, you ask things, and those things won't be done. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if, he says, son, you got a choice. If thou receive my words and hide my commandments with, me, with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasure, treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler or a shield to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment. He preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. If you will receive my words, if you will listen to me, if you will listen to me, if you'll hide my commandments within thee, that you'll incline your heart to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If you cry after knowledge, do you want to know? I'll tell you what, God is a God that wants us to know. If he didn't want us to know, he wouldn't have told us these things. He wouldn't give an inspiration to men to write down the, the holy scriptures. He wouldn't have sent word to the prophets to tell the story. I'm going to tell you what, he wants you to know and he wants you to listen today. He's done all he can to put the information in front of you. Verse 4, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures. You ever lost something before? You ever been looking for something before? You know, the more important that thing is to you, the harder you hunt for it, isn't it? I've lost stuff before and I thought, eh. I'm not even going to spend time looking for it. I'll go to the gas station and buy another one. I'll go to Walmart and buy another one. But, you know, there's some, there's some things in, in this world that we, we lose, we hunt for. Why? Because they're valuable to us. Because they mean something to us. Because we couldn't stand to be without those things. I want to ask you this morning, are we searching God? Are we searching his word as silver and his hid treasures? 
Is it valuable to us? Is it important to us that we would seek and that we would search and that we would clean out and that we unclutter so that we could find it? For if we take the attitude of God's word and his will and say, you know what, it's not that important to me. I'm not going to spend any time looking for it. I'm not going to spend any time searching through it because it just doesn't matter. Brethren, we have to search him as something precious, as something like silver, as the hidden treasures, because he's valuable, because he's worthy. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou should not persist to me, or priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because they won't listen, because they don't search after me like something valuable. We see this all the time. We see this in the Old Testament. When Israel quit searching after God, when Israel kept putting stopped putting value on the things of God and, and put value on idols and other things, that relationship was destroyed. They lost their blessing. They lost the hand that was guiding them. It happens to man today. When you and I forsake knowledge, when we forsake searching after him, our lives are, are left in shambles. Our, our homes are destroyed because we don't seek God. We don't seek his principles. We don't have godly marriages. We don't worry about teaching our children. And the life to come for those who have rejected the knowledge of the gospel, they will perish because they have not sought the understanding. They have not sought the knowledge. Because they have rejected the knowledge, he will also reject them. We're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. If we obey, it's a big if. You know, there's a lot of things that we know. There's a lot of things that, especially as a young man, that I did and I knew better. I knew better, but I didn't do the things that I knew better to do. We have to listen. We have to obey. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to them, If, it means you have a choice and there's going to be a consequence, if a man loved me, he will keep my words. If he loves me, he will keep my words. He will obey me and my Father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If. Do you desire today that the Father love you? That you desire today that the Father come into you? Do you desire that he come in and sup with you? Do you desire that? Well, there's an if. If you love me. The Bible says you will keep my words. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. And there's going to be a choice to be made. A blessing if... You obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. He didn't give them two, four, uh, ten, ten options. He gave them two options. If you do this, I set before you a blessing and a curse. If you do this, if you choose to obey me, I will bless you. But if you choose to disobey, if you choose to chase after these other, other gods, 
I will reject you and I will destroy you. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. If you have a choice to make, you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if the choice you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Do you see that the choice is very, very clear today? It's follow the if. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, that will happen. Isaiah 1 and 19, if... You be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with a sword from the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This seems kind of repetitive, doesn't it? Sound kind of like a pattern. Would we expect anything else from an unchanging God, this pattern that we see? People try to make this stuff so complicated. It's not really complicated. If you choose him, if you want to listen to him, if you want to obey him, He's going to bless you. If you choose to reject him, if you choose to take your own way, your own path, whatever you think's right, he's going to reject you. Romans chapter 11, verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if, because of the choice that you make, thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Let's get to the heart of the matter this morning. Let's get to the gospel. Let's get to that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And let's follow the ifs. Because today you have a choice to make concerning the gospel. If you will receive the gospel or if you will reject the gospel. I'm going to tell you one choice has goodness and blessing and everlasting life. And one has wickedness. And one has curse. And one has eternal damnation. There's a choice to be made in the ifs. If we hear him, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. Do you want to be a partaker of Christ? Listen here. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the, in the provocation. If you hear, if you'll choose to listen to him today, that's what God's asking you to do. How many times has, has God tried to wake up man? Listen to me. Listen to me, Israel. Jesus tried to tell the people of his day, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to give you the, 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 the knowledge of eternal life here. I'm trying to tell you the way of salvation here. Listen to me. Hear me. Hear me. Harden not your hearts. Don't shut me out. Let me in. We talked about the heart the other night. He wants to create in you a new heart. He wants to put his spirit inside you. Listen to him. Hear him. We must believe. John chapter 8 verse 23. And he said to them, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said there, uh, therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Do you see the if? If you don't believe him, if you make the choice not to believe him, he says plainly, he says you're going to die in your sins, brethren. I don't want anybody here today to die in their sins. There's no reason to die in your sins. The salvation plan is so easy. God's grace is so uh, free for you today. 
if you just believe. We talked about last night. Those men on the day of Pentecost, they weren't biblical scholars, but they knew one thing, that Jesus Christ, he was the Son of God. And that was enough for them to, make, to take the next steps of salvation. I want to ask you today again, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Simple as that. Do you believe that he's the Son of God? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if, do you see the choice? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you see the gospel there? That he died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. See, the word of the Lord, he's trying to make known. He's trying to talk to tell you something. That we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He says, listen, if you'll believe on me, if you'll take to heart the gospel of Jesus Christ and accept it and receive it and have faith in it, today he said there's coming a day when the Lord's going to come back we're going to see him every knee and uh, knee's going to bow every tongue's going to confess and there's going to come a day we're going to hear a shout the voice of the archangel trump sound we're going to see Jesus in the air those that are dead they're going to rise first and those that are alive on the earth we're going to be caught up and meet him in the air now do you believe that that day is coming it's not a fairy tale. It's not a fable. It's not an old wives' tale. That day is coming. Jesus is coming, and the day nears closer and closer. Every, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I know this every day that we live is one day closer to that day. Thank God. It's coming. And He wants you to believe. And for the ones that believe in this life, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be the best day. When all this is over, when all this is done with, when the proving ground is destroyed and we get to go to glory, what a day that will be. But you've got to believe. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if you believe the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning, that'll be a happy day if you believe. And if you don't, There's not a hole deep enough for you to crawl off in. There'll be no place to hide. And brethren, that day is coming. If we repent, Acts chapter 8 tells the story of Simon the sorcerer there. Simon was a sorcerer. He, he bewitched the people there. He heard the good news of Jesus. He believed it and he was baptized. He saw the apostles, how they were laying hands and, 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 and transferring the Holy Spirit, giving the gift of the Holy Spirit to others. And he said, I want that gift. How much can I give you for it? And he says, thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Simon, you missed it. Your heart's really not in this. You've got to change, Simon. And then he says this, repent. He says to change your heart. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. You and I, we have to have that change of heart. We're not asking for the miraculous gifts for a sum of money. 
But I'll tell you what, the things in our life that we are doing that we need repented of, we're living for ourselves. If you're not a Christian today, you're living for yourself at this point in time. You're not living for him. Now, if you'll hear him and you'll believe him, then you'll start living for him. And repentance is one of those first steps that we take of works that we start changing our life and changing our eternity, that we repent, that we take what we're doing and say, you know what, I'm going to serve you, God. I'm not living for me anymore. I'm going to live for the Almighty because I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he was crucified, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected, and that he sits on the right hand of God today. I'm going to make that change for you, God, because you are the Holy One. Romans chapter 10, verse 8, we must confess. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if... Remember, you've got a choice to make, and there's a cause and effect, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you see the gospel there, thou shalt be saved. Anytime we see the word saved, let's perk up and pay attention. If you'll confess with your mouth, you see the if. And if we make that decision that we believe, uh, that we confess with our mouth to Jesus and we believe in our heart, we're going to be saved. Do you see the effect? Do you see the thing that we do and the thing that happens when we make that choice? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we have a choice to make, we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If there's a condition, let's talk to the Christians in the room this morning. If you confess your sins, why do we always want to assume that God knows and we don't tell him? Let's just go ahead and fess up. Why do we fess up? Because he's told us we've got to fess up. Because he's told us that if you confess your sins, is that what it says? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I wonder what happens if we don't confess our sins. Is he still faithful to forgive our sins? He's asking for confession. And today, if you're not a Christian, he's asking for the simple confession that you believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. And he's going to cleanse from all unrighteousness today. If we are baptized, Acts chapter 8, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. Philip had been preaching to him Jesus. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? He's asking that honest question. So, so I, 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 Philip's preaching him the gospel, no doubt. He's preaching to him Jesus. He's told him about the death, burial, and resurrection of the, uh, of the Lord and Savior. And he's, he's looking, what, Philip, what's stopping me from being baptized today? I get it. You, I've heard, you've told me with the word, uh, I believe that it's true. I want to change. What, what, do I, what do I need to do, Philip? What, what, what do I lack? He said this, if, and Philip said, if you have a choice to make, if Thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe. You see the confession. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And what happened? And he commanded the chariot to stand still. He didn't wait, he didn't wait another minute. He said, I get it. Stop this chariot. I want to be baptized. And they both went down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. That unit got it, didn't he? He got it. When he heard the word, he believed it. He believed that Jesus Christ truly was crucified, was buried, and was resurrected. 
You think, you think the eunuch was a scholar? You think he was going to be the next Sean Zebach? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what he, all, all he knew that day. That was the first day, the first encounter that he had heard of Jesus that day. Did he have to train years and years in the church to come to the knowledge of how to be saved? He heard Jesus that day, and he believed it. And Philip said, if you'll believe and you'll confess, you can be baptized. I'm going to tell you, I don't know what you know today. I don't know how long you've been in church today. I don't know your background today, but I'm going to tell you this. All you need to know is what the eunuch knew that day, that Jesus Christ, he was the Son of God, that he died on a cross, that he was buried in a grave, and that he's resurrected for all eternity. And that one day there's a day coming that we'll be resurrected, we'll be taken up. That's the simple message I believe Philip taught the eunuch in that chariot today. And you know what, Philip, he, he didn't tell him, hey, wait, you've got a lot more to learn. He said, no, this is what you need to do. And that day he did it. The gospel's not complicated. We know in Romans chapter three, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 3, know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ we're baptized into his death. Now let's, what, let's look at the gospel today. You see that death? That death to sin? Let's read that again. Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ? We're baptized into his death. I'm going to put to death this old man. I'm not going to live for him anymore. Just like my Lord and Savior died, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to give up my life as well. Went the wrong way. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism. Just like Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb, I must be buried. But not in a tomb, but in the watery grave of baptism. I'm ra uh, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, al we also should walk in newness of life. See, I don't stay in this watery grave, but just like Jesus has resurrected and completed the gospel, I'm resurrected. I was an old man. I was a sinner. I'm going to die with Christ. I'm going to be buried in that water, washed of my sins, and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be resurrected to walk in newness of life went the wrong way again for if do you see the if the choice to be made for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death that going down into the watery grave we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection that coming up knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed I tell you what I want the body of sin destroyed I want that guy dead I want that old man dead because he doesn't lead me to eternal life. He doesn't lead me to salvation. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. See, once I complete this, once I die to myself, buried in the water and resurrected again, I am free from sin. I am free from sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from my sin. Not only that day, but in the, the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come, as I come in repentance, as I come and confess my sins, that blood continues to cleanse and regenerate over and over and over again. That's the power of the gospel today. 
Verse 8, <clears throat> now if we, if, the choice, if we choose to, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. I know that one day <clears throat> there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> there's going to be a day when there's going to be a great resurrection of the dead. And at that day we're going to live. And death is going to have no more dominion. Death is not, I can die the earthly death, but I will never die the spiritual eternal death. I'll tell you what. Death has no more power over me now. For the Christian that comes up to walk in newness of life and, and take hold of the promises thereof that the Father has given, what's death? Death is just my next step to glory. And I don't fear that death anymore. But I'll tell you what, if you're not a Christian today, that, that should scare you to death. The idea that you could die and still be in the old body, to still be the old man, still, still have all these sins attached and scarring and staining this old body. Today, the gospel is offering you an opportunity to be cleansed of these stains, to be cleansed of these scars, to walk in a brand new life. How many times in life have you been in the circumstance where you say, you know what, I just wish I could start over. I just, I just wish I could press the button and everything be, be brand new, that I could start over. I could start from square one. We could just reset the whole thing. You've done that a lot in life. You see the mistakes you made. You say, I wish I could do this over again. I'd do things differently. This is your opportunity to hit the reset button, to start over, to start fresh, like the rest of that stuff never even happened. You've got that opportunity today. If you'll die to your sin, if you'll be buried in the water, and if you'll be resurrected in newness of life. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, that the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He suffered for the sin. He was the just. We were the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Did water save Noah? Well, I thought it was the ark. I thought it was the ark that saved Noah. You know, I love the story of Noah because it is a direct parallel to salvation for you and I. Let me tell you what, Noah was a faithful man. He was a man that believed in God and had faith. God is asking for you and I today to have faith. The Bible said all the things that God commanded Noah to, did, uh, to do, so did he. Noah, uh, Noah was obedient. God is asking for the same obedience today. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And you and I have that same grace today. You and I. So how did water save Noah? The world was wicked in that time. Their minds were on evil continually. God told Noah what to do. He gave him the test. He said, believe me and obey me. Noah believed him and he obeyed him and he built that ark and he built it just like he told him to and he got in and the rain started falling and falling and falling and Noah and his family were safe on the ark 
and the rest of the world was utterly destroyed. All that sin and all that evil in the world was destroyed. And one day that, no, that, that ark came to rest and that door opened. And when that door opened, Noah walked out. And it was like a brand new world. All that sin and all that evil had been washed away. Noah was saved by the water. Noah was saved by something that God had sent to save him from that sin and that evil. God has sent his son. He has sent the rain. He has sent the cleansing. He has sent the Savior to cleanse you and to save you from your sin. So that we come up out of that water and we're resurrected. That we walk out just like Noah did to a brand new fresh world. That's how Noah was saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Remember when we see that word save, we ought to pay real close attention. He says, whereunto even baptism doth also, because he wants to wash away the sin. He wants to wash away the evil. He wants you to start brand new today. And baptism is a step to do that. It is the answer to the gospel. The gospel that saves us. That gospel whereby we are saved if we keep in memory those things that, we were, that were preached unto us. That he was crucified, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected. Today is that time for you to make a choice. If you'll choose him, he'll save you. If you deny him, you'll be destroyed. Not the putting away of the filth of flesh, but this is the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection, do you see the gospel there? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So today we have to look at these things. We see the plan of salvation. How can we be saved? If we hear the gospel. If we believe in Christ. If we repent of sins. If we confess faith in Christ. And if we are baptized. This is the plan of salvation today, brethren. We must live faithfully after we answer that gospel call. John chapter 8 verse 31. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him. If you have a choice to make. If you continue in my word. Then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if the choice to make. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another in the blood of Christ. His son cleanseth us. From all sin, if we continue to walk in that light, if we continue to live faithfully, if, 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 he continues to cleanse us from that sin. He continues to hit the reset button. Oh, I see those sins. They're gone. I see those sins. They're gone. I see those sins. They're gone. And I don't remember them. So I ask you today, have you obeyed the gospel? Last night, the Lord was knocking and he wanted to come in. He's not going to force himself in. It's up to you to let him in today. He's knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, if he hears him, he wants you to hear. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. If you'll just open the door. If, if, if. You have a choice to make. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, for he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
Friend, you've got a choice to make today. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you willing to repent? Are you willing to confess him? Are you willing to put him on in baptism? You want to start brand new today? You want to start a, a new walk and a new life? Today's the day of salvation. Now is the favorable time because this is the only time you've got. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't wait. That eunuch, he said, stop the chariot right here. I want to be baptized. I want to be saved. Today in your life, don't keep riding in your chariot along the way. Today's the day you say, stop the chariot. I want to be baptized. I want to put him on. If you have not been living the faithful life, if you've not been continuing to walk in the light, today is the day to stop the chariot and say, I want to be restored back to the church. I want you to pray for me. I want to get this hindrance out of my life. It stops right now, and it starts new today. Today is the favorable time. Today is the day of salvation, brethren. This is all we have. This is all we have. So this morning, you have a choice to make. You have to answer the if, and you have to be honest about it. It's not complicated. It's not hard. But there's no blessing. There's no more good news that I have to give you than Jesus Christ, that he has been crucified for your sin, that he was buried, and that God resurrected him to live forevermore because he wants you to live forevermore with him. This is all we've got. There's no other message to give. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.